All right, welcome back. Okay, we got the sound thing figured out. Always good to be with you. We got a lot on the agenda today. Breaking down news of the day. None other than Francesca, who, by the way, TYT contributor, comedian, host of the Bituation Room podcast. That's right. And host of News Broke. Always fascinating to have her brilliance on the program. All right, top story of the day. It ain't over. I mean, that this is like a soap opera. DA Funny Willis has been subpoenaed again to testify about a divorce that she's not involved in. It's like she has an ex-wife. Fulton County DA Fonnie Willis and the special prosecutor she hired for the Georgia election interference case against former President Trump and his cronies. They have now been issued subpoenas by the defense attorney who has alleged Willis and the prosecutor had an inappropriate romantic relationship. Now, once again, zero evidence has been produced of this by way of any of the motion filings. There's more. So lawyer Ashley Merchant, who represents Trump co-defendant Michael Roman, filed a motion on the 8th of January, remember, seeking to dismiss the indictment and to remove Willis and special prosecutor Nathan Wade from the case. Fulton County Superior Court Judge Scott McAfee, who's presiding over the election case, was uh, has now ordered Willis and the team to respond by Friday to the motion and to remove Willis from the prosecution. He has set a hearing on the matter for the 15th of this month. Merchant confirmed that she has subpoenaed both Willis and the special prosecutor, Mr. Wade, to testify at the hearing. Merchant's law firm also filed a lawsuit Tuesday accusing Willis's office of failing to comply with the Georgia Open Records Act, saying they, quote, appear to be intentionally withholding information that she has requested. So Willis spokesperson Jeff DeSantis declined to comment on the subpoenas, but disputed Merchant's Open Records claim, quote, we've provided her with the information she's entitled to. He said, adding that some of the records are still being compiled. He provided a letter that he said the office sent to Merchant last week, providing an update on the status of the request she made, as well as screenshots showing that Merchant had accessed some records, neither Willis nor Wade has publicly addressed the allegations of an inappropriate relationship. Willis's office has repeatedly said it would respond to Roman's motion in a court filing. So Willis, an elected Democrat, hired Wade in November 2021 to help her with the investigation into the efforts Trump and his cronies engaged in to overturn the 2020 election. Since the 40 County Grand Jury in August returned an indictment against Trump and 18 others, Wade has led the team of lawyers Willis assembled to prosecute the case. Trump has seized on the allegations as his campaign, um, as he campaigns for the Republican nomination for president, trying to use them, talking about these allegations, to cast doubt on the legitimacy of the case against them. Uh, this is the very common look at the messenger 
not the message. Four co-defendants have already pleaded guilty, however, after reaching plea deals with prosecutors. Trump and the others who remain have pleaded not guilty. No proof of the alleged relationship was included in the motion. Willis spoke out during a church service nearly a week later, defended Wade's qualifications, but did not address the allegations of a relationship. Now, remember I broke down the cause and effect here. You had an initial motion filed by Mr. Roman's attorney on the last day that you could file pretrial motions. The motion should have been dismissed based on the fact it did not address an issue in statute nor an issue in constitution or civil rights or fact. Mm-hmm. It did not address those things. So it should have been dismissed. It was not dismissed. And they said, listen, we don't have any information. We just have rumor. Somebody told us and they're very credible. Should have been dismissed on the fact motions do not carry that way. If, if a motion could carry that way, understand that means any attorney could file a motion like that anytime there's a prosecutor and a prosecutor. Hey, Your Honor, I think they're sleeping together. Here's my motion. That would be insane, right? But it was allowed to stand as far as it being, you know, adjudicated eventually in the process of that. DA Fonnie Willis seemingly addressed it at Bethel AME Church in Atlanta, Georgia. What happened? The uh, files actually get open in Cobb County, talking about the divorce record of Mr. Wade that was sealed. It gets open. The defense, they got their wish. They said it was there, there. There's no there, there. Fonnie Willis is not mentioned. Hundreds of pages. She was telling the truth. They were making up a narrative. But second motion comes. What is the second motion? Extrajudicial comments of a prosecutor violating the special rules governing prosecutorial conduct in the state of Georgia. That provides an actual opening to make the next motion, which is to have the DA removed. The Attorney General Chris Carr, Republican, would then statutorily be in the position to appoint a special prosecutor or make himself the prosecutor. All right, hell of a thing. It won't go away. Obviously, it's here to stay. This the boy, this has to be. Like the divorce of the the decade, at least. And we don't know the parties involved. What say mm-hmm. you? No, I mean, I think it is, look, it is a massive distraction from this entire case. Yeah. We all know this. We all know that they're going after DA Fani Willis on purpose. Look, I just want to say that the relationship between DAs and prosecutors are generally fairly tight and close. Is that good? I don't know in all cases, but generally that's what happens, right? This is a prosecutor carrying out this case that was brought by the DA. It makes sense. Now, is if they had a personal intimate relationship, is that somehow like a conflict of interest? I don't even, I don't know. I actually don't know and I don't really care. Um, I am curious as you sort of laid out in not layman's terms, in sort of very legal terms, as to whether or not this is going to play out, like whether or not they'll, you know, Republicans will successfully basically take down Fonnie Willis. It doesn't change the facts of the case and it doesn't change the fact that four people already pleaded guilty yep. in this massive scheme. Um, you know, I'm a little salty against you know, DA Fonnie Willis for other reasons, which is a prosecution of uh, people who are trying to stop the construction of Cop City. Um, I think that that so that's sort of tainting my views on how I feel about the whole system here, uh, Doc. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, Understandable. It, it does just seem like and we all know it's it's just a smoke bomb. It's a distraction from what's this actual case. Yeah. And, and as you said, it doesn't change the facts of the case. It also doesn't change 
the rights of the defendant. You know, usually you file a motion because your defendant has been adversely impacted because of some level of misconduct against the defendant, not against the county policy as it relates to relationships, right. not against a company policy or a DA's policy as it relates to personal affiliation. It actually hurts the client. That has not been made here, at least not in direct terms. All right, we'll bring you updates and guaranteed updates are coming. We have an exclusive, all right? Let's put them up full mass. Hell of a thing. We have the Lee County, Alabama Democratic Party chair. So recently, we got a letter, okay? This letter is from Jamie Lowe. Jamie Lowe, Lee County, Alabama Democratic Party chair. The letter was shared with us. And also the context. So on January 10th, this is a hell of a letter. On January 10th, a letter responds from Dr. Joe Reed, who's the current vice chair of minority affairs at the Alabama Democratic Party. And since 1979, chair of the Alabama Democratic Conference. The letter goes to a Miss Elena. Mounts, who is the ballot access director for the Biden-Harris 2024 campaign, all right? These are the figures involved. Dr. Reed's letter says, quote, Dear Miss Mounts, your letter to Randy Kelly, chair Chair of the Alabama Democratic Party has been reviewed by other party leaders in Alabama, including me. While Chairman Kelly will no doubt speak for himself and the party, I speak for the Alabama Democratic Conference, the 63-year-old Black Democratic Caucus of Alabama. Quote, I wish to impress upon you that your attempt to eliminate 74 dedicated, loyal, and loving Democratic delegates pledged to the Biden-Harris nomination at the Democratic National Convention is totally unacceptable. And in all due respect, will be resisted in every possible way, including going into federal court. So that, according to the letters from Dr. Joe Reed. Another quote, I will put it another way. The Democratic Party of Alabama is majority black, 66%. Most of the delegates to the Democratic National Convention will be elected by blacks. By handpicking personal delegates, you prevent blacks and others from voting for the popular elected Democratic delegates to reduce black voter influence on election day. For the record, our delegate and affirmative action plan approved by the State Democratic Executive, Executive Committee calls for 39 blacks. You appointed only 19, but you appointed 15 whites. You reduced the youth and other underrepresented groups considerably, okay? Now, this is already a hell of a accusation, right? So I know a little bit about party politics. I was the 
political director and chief strategist for the Georgia Democratic Party for a number of years. And this is a huge violation. If it happened in Georgia, this would be this would have already been a lawsuit if it took place in Georgia. Um, it was actually Jenk that shared this information with me because I had no idea this was happening. There's more. Whoever persuaded you to eliminate 74 pledged Biden Harris delegates, some of who were delegates for Joe Biden four years ago, some current party officers at both the county and the state levels is playing a dangerous game. You never consulted or informed the state chair of your of your plot. This is unconscionable and unpardonable. Why were these people not told in a timely manner that they could not be Biden delegates prior to the deadline for qualifying? Question mark. At least they could have run unpledged. It is now too late. You offer to refund their qualifying fee, another insult. We are not for sale. How many other state delegates have you summarily and arbitrarily declared to be persona non grata as Biden-Harris delegates? How does your trickery help Joe Biden and Kamala Harris? It will be interesting to know how many other states and which states you have summarily decided to interject your opinion over the vote of the people. Again, I strongly warn and beseech you not to continue this plot. It violates the Voting Rights Act, violates the 14th and 15th Amendments of the US Constitution, violates our delegate selection plan, undermines our affirmative action plan, insults and embarrasses the delegates who made themselves available to help the Biden-Harris team in good faith. We have already informed the DNC chair of our objection to these illegal acts and by copy of this letter. I am notifying chair of the credentials committee and the co-chairs of the rules and bylaws committee of this communication to you in hopes they can talk you out of this insane and wicked plot that helps no one but hurts everyone. Since Alabama blacks have gained the majority, vote of the state democratic executive committee. We have experienced more trouble at the national level than ever before. Enough is enough. Finally, please hear me and read me well. You may think you want to do what you are doing, but I assure you that you do not. So please withdraw your letter to Chairman Kelly and let the Democrats of Alabama elect their delegates to the Democratic National Convention consistent with our delegation or delegate selection plan. All right, so after speaking with Ms. Lowe, uh, with Mr. Lowe, excuse me, after speaking with Mr. Lowe, indisputable learned the letter from Ms. Mounts to Randy Kelly, the vice president of the Alabama Democratic Conference and a member of the state Democratic Executive Committee Board was received roughly a week or so before December 14th, 2023. December 14th was the deadline. December 14th was the deadline in the state for the state party chairman to certify names of primary election candidates on the ballot. Um, and when speaking with Mr. Lowe on the phone, it, it, is, it was his belief that Biden recognizes he is a deeply flawed candidate among voters in the South. Thus, he'd want to handpick delegates that would have loyalty toward his campaign. Um, yeah, so I'm sure Biden on some level winks and nods uh, in agreement. But you also have these individuals who are, in fact, the politicos of the group. They're the ones 
are the strategists, the directors, the campaign operatives, the consultants. And they are creating this adverse atmosphere. How many times have we reported on how the authorities in Alabama, Republicans, silence the voice of black people routine? And now we're reporting that the party that allegedly stands for diversity, respect, tolerance, inclusion, well, their party is engaged in another level of trickery inside of the Democratic primary process. It's amazing to me when black folk get controlled by going through the normative rules that are laid out. All of a sudden, the rules change. All of a sudden, the game transforms. Doesn't happen as long as a certain group of people are winning. But don't you see that's exactly what's happening with the Texas bill that says now candidates must prove qualifications to run for judge and it's only adversely impacting black women? Don't you see that's the same thing they're doing when they pass laws that only adversely impact women who would like the right to choose? It's the same spirit behind it. That's my point. All right, yeah. Francesca, I'm, I'm pissed. Yeah, I mean, it seems so unnecessary to do this kind of overreach from the DNC, but that's what it looks like we have here. So each state has their own process for sending delegates and Clearly, some states have been willing to sort of roll over. You know, you had the Iowa caucus who was like, everyone's just pledged to Biden. So, anyway, I don't know what you're doing. And then you have, you know, New Hampshire, where Biden wasn't even on the ballot and everyone just kind of wrote his name in. So it's been a little weird for this incumbent president who is definitely dipping in the polls. And we know with who, with, you know, young voters, with voters of color. And so, it does feel like a move to secure um, votes that and delegates that seemed like they were already going for, as this you know, as this person say, Joe Reed says, we're already going for Biden Harris. So why have to have your own delegates, your own people in there if you're not confident in Alabamans like sending their own people, or if you're not confident in the fact that come DNC time, if something happens, they might you know, change their minds or change it up, right? And I think, again, it just sort of goes to show like this year is anything could happen. And it seems like Biden-Harris and Joe Biden, instead of trying to make overtures to the same people that helped him win, you know, do things like, I don't know, call for a ceasefire uh, in Gaza, as we heard, you know, black pastors this week say they wanted and their congregations wanted. They're like, no, 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 why don't we just send our delegates, our handpicked people, and ensure that we will be the nominee. He's gonna be the nominee anyway. It's super shady and there's no reason to piss off uh, Alabama Democratic leadership like this. Yeah, and, and you're right, he's going to be the nominee anyway, right? So what they're trying to avoid is the adverse political and media narrative when there's a protest from certain voters. Remember, two groups are underrepresented based on the delegate rules. Um, black people and youth, okay? Right. Um, so they don't want that. Here's the thing, you've earned it, Biden, you've earned it. And this is the part of politics that allows us to actually get from point A to B. Because without the uh, rough and tumble, without the push and pull, without the uh, friction, we never get a finished product that's worth a damn thing. 
We only get individuals that are surrounded by yes men and yes women, and all they do is do the same damn thing they've always done. This is the part that makes you great. This is the part that makes you see life. This is the part that gets you to your best you. All right, we'll give you an update. I'm sure they got something to say after I've said what I've said. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. Always good to be with you. We have a lot of show to cover, a lot left. Um, let me remind everyone, um, your support is crucial. Membership is available, all right? I appreciate that you are a subscriber and you love the content. We love you back, all right? Without you, there is no us. But we do need you to join this year, highly considerate. And maybe even send the link to a friend or family member. Um, TYT.com slash join, TYT.com slash join. If you are watching me on YouTube, just hit that join button and we would love to have you. All right. Sagacious Dragon. Willis's issue is a personnel problem, if anything. Remember that Willis and her colleague are on the same side um, of the V. The motivation is to intimidate the prosecutors. It is a dead end motion. Um, I agree with you. Uh, it is to intimidate the process, to leverage uh, the embarrassment that it can bring um, against any other prosecutor that would want to join the case. Now, remember, the reason why Mr. Wade is there is because all the other prosecutors said no. Mm. So imagine how many more prosecutors are like, hell no. No, I see what they're doing. I'm not coming into that. And you, this is where you need a judge. Who will say, get this motion off my damn desk? And if you send one of these again, I'm holding in contempt for frivolous motions. Motions. You do not file motions to make media inquiry on my uh, in my courtroom. Easy. You set a precedent now. You got to have motions with actual substance to it. All right. So we have R. Hansen. Now, this is a witch hunt. Uh, talking about the subpoena. Agreed. And uh, next to your report, so Biden has created problems with delegates. I just heard this morning Kamala Harris is kicking people who are Muslim out of her rallies. It feels like they're almost intentionally trying to lose this thing at this point. Uh-huh. Wow, it's unbelievable. Uh, James Thompson, uh, I'm gonna call you James Moneybag Thompson because James, James <laughs> will buy like 20 people a membership. Thank you, James. All right, so welcome, Bespera, Weird Matt. Uh, Kali Singh, introvertly next. I think this is Luann, Trekkie Dragon, Faye, Anna Noodle, Swerve Jeans, Chris Watala, Latasha Davis, Chuck Brown, Andrew Stone, Savage Beer, Marla Surratt, Lydia Mathis, and, and Anastasia Love, Tina Ann, Terrence Thompson, Rebecca Cohen Dragon. Welcome. All courtesy. James Thompson, beautiful stuff. And one more, um, Neon Death 07, sounds like the DNC to me. It does, but they used to do it, you know, they stabbed you in the back. They stabbed you in the front now. All right, got something for you. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? I feel free, back off! I'm going to tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. 
What? Do you have a medical issue? Yes. <laughs> What's your medical issue? It's set of your business. Well, I'm a nurse. I'm just wondering if you're unbelievably rude. Have you had a stroke? Because at least that makes more sense. No, I'm being straight. Are they still down, Rachel? I want you to call a manager up here. Rachel, a woman wants to speak with a manager. Much nicer with Rachel. Okay. We actually have a little context here. Put up the picture for a mask. I'm thankful to the poster who decided to provide some narrative for us. So the person who posted a video said, quote, this poor Walmart employee, Donna, who was always a sweetheart, greeting customers, was harassed by a Karen for doing her job. She was letting everyone know that the registers were down and that we may not have wanted to shop because of it, but the Karen didn't like, didn't like that and decided to be mean. Um, I would be so thankful that if the person at the front door said, listen, all the technology is down, which probably means if you don't have cash, you're about to spend 30 minutes to an hour shopping for absolutely no reason. Okay, so good stuff. And I'm sure she was told by management, make sure people are aware when they come in, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and, you know, unfortunately, we live in a country, and I got to say this because I always think of this when I walk into a place and I see folk outside greeting, uh, typically the, those who are elderly among us, uh, they're not there because they want to be there. They're there because many of them have to be, because we have a country that literally doesn't give a damn about them. Uh, there's no way in the hell they should have to actually work unless they wanted to. Okay. All right, Francesca, thoughts here? Yeah, no, I mean, same. You're immediately struck by how old this yeah. reader is and how, um, I mean, look, probably young at heart and clearly knows yeah. her own, you know, rights in the terms of like, she's not going to answer this, Karen's like, well, what's your medical condition? Shut up, lady. Like, I'm none of your business. I'm here doing my job. I'm telling you the registers are down. Sorry, I didn't do it in the like, Karen whispery tones that you would have liked that sort of massage your ego. I mean, this is just... People looking to get mad at nothing, at a poor old lady working a job that she truly shouldn't have to work. And it, yep. yes, like there was recent stats about the number of, you know, people over the age of like 75 who are like still full time employed. Again, not by their choice. Um, but yeah, of course, a Karen is going to always uh, punch down. That's what Karens do. Uh, they're going to pick on people who they could take. Right. Ooh, big scary. And this case, it's a woman who's trying to be helpful. I don't get it, Doc. Like, make it make sense. They don't oh, like can't. being talked to. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Just like uh, they don't want to live in a society. Don't talk to me. Eh. Right. Like, what are you mad at? You mad at courtesy? You're upset because yeah. you got a courtesy. Okay. All right. We see how it goes. Hey. Um, hell of a thing. A school teacher literally literally washes a special needs student's mouth with soap. A school teacher has been fired. Um, it, it's an unbelievable story. Put up the institution. I'm taking you to Texas. 
All right, so a Texas teacher um, operating as a substitute on this particular day is now under fire after being accused of assaulting a special needs student when trying to wash the student's mouth with soap. That's a chemical. The incident that led to the unidentified teacher's termination, they have not identified the teacher, happened just before 10 a.m. last Tuesday at Cambridge School a part of the Humble Independent School District. In a statement sent to various news outlets, the district officials in Houston suburb said they were, quote, shocked and, quote, outraged by the substitute's behavior. Quote, all school staff should care for students in a respectful manner that honors the partnership with their parents. The statement said, the district has reported the incident to Child Protective Services and to the Independent School District Police, and they are investigating. Um, Let's put up the picture. According to KPRC-TV, the district said the substitute thought the 13-year-old student, Harmony, cursed at her. But the child's mother, Lachey um, Celestine, disputes the claim. After watching security footage, she clarified that her daughter has a speech impediment. And she emphasized that her daughter, who also has Down syndrome, did not swear at the teacher. And I want to emphasize, uh, none of that matters. Mm. Um, So number one, if you're working with uh, some of our scholars in the special needs program, that means you should have a prerequisite amount of training in order to work with that population. Now, the reason, because the school teachers who are the normative staff full time, they do have this training. They're required to. I'm not sure what the district says about substitutes. Um, KTRK reported uh, that the mother learned about what happened to her daughter around 1 p.m. in an email from the principal. And it stated that her daughter struck the sub when she tried to wash her mouth with soap. And the teacher allegedly hit Harmony back. Mm. Now, here's where all of the statements from the school, all of the uh, appropriate, seemingly appropriate statements from the school, um, I throw it out the window now. Because now you have a clear, if it happened the way they just described, you have a clear abuse of a minor, clear, no ambiguity about it whatsoever. The minor was defending against an assault. The minor defends against the assault and then the person who was the aggressor decides to hit the minor during the commission of an assault, commits another assault. How does this teacher simply walk out of that school? I don't understand this, reporting it to the authorities reporting it to child protection services or protective agencies does not seem appropriate now. There's more. I didn't hear her cuss. I don't even know why this is still an issue, but she did address it. She didn't hear it on the video at all. I heard a teacher that sounded like she was frustrated and upset. She told my baby, I'm going to wash your mouth out with soap. She told her what she was going to do. All right, so we got premeditation now. Uh, The mother told the outlet, I heard my baby say, why? That just brought me to tears 
because she looked at her and said, why? She put the soap in my baby's mouth. A paraprofessional um, de-escalated. Thank God for the para. De-escalated the situation by ordering the substitute to leave the classroom and check on Harmony. According to the report, her mother plans to press charges against the teacher who was considered a veteran in the field. Quote, that video showed me she ran out of patience that day. And if you don't have the patience to work in a classroom with special needs kids, disabled kids or kids, period, you need to find yourself another profession. Uh, and, and this is going to help her do that for sure. And she <laughs> needs to find herself um, really uh, accountable. All right, this is a criminal act in my opinion. Francesca, uh, the, the statement is strong from the school system until you understand the facts that real abuse actually happened and nothing happened to the substitute. A veteran in their field, are yeah. you kidding me? This person's been allowed around children, let alone special needs children before. I don't think so. This is on Texas, this is on the school district, this is on like who they are allowing to be in contact with their kids. This is awful, right? I mean, it is so much more than also, I don't know, it's 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 systemic, like clearly who are the other subs that are coming in there? But then it's also specific of this person who decides to put hands on a kid to put soap in their mouth. Are you yeah. kidding me? It's just wild. It is so sad. And I have, I'm so glad that uh, the mother is pressing charges. I'm so, cause this is what happens. It's like, it's really important to speak up. And a lot of family members, a lot of people don't feel empowered to be able to speak up against what is clearly abuse. So um, I, I'm so glad that she's doing that. And I hope it inspires other kids and their parents to say, look, we have rights, okay? That's right, that's right. Make sure people know who you are. Make sure they know you are worthy of respect. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back, a lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments. Um, Hippocritus Noah, I would like to ask Nurse Karen what her relationship with her mom is like. That's somebody's grandmother, that's somebody's mother, and you treat her like that, shame. Nurse Karen is a bully, and I wonder how many medical stereotypes she believes. That was my issue. I'm like, wait a minute, this person is a nurse? Like, bedside manners, et cetera? Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Mustang Sandy, uh, this poor woman doesn't get paid near enough to deal with care. I know that's right. Not, yes. not close. I will call management every damn time. Uh, y- y'all get paid enough to deal with this, I don't. Uh, Archie or Archie 15, my medical condition is none of your gut business. That's right. Uh, doctor who gives AF, I haven't heard. Um, I haven't heard of that as an actual punishment since the 50s for something. I will be livid. And yes, you do a little research, you'll find that people actually did this. They would put soap in a child's mouth. Um, complete abuse, by the way. Scott Smith, imagine what this poor kid went through with the sub doing that to her. Yeah. The soap, and then the uh, physical attack after that, and then the social pressure of embarrassment because this happened in front of other individuals. It's um, extreme. All right. Um, does Biden Harris want to win? Do they want to win? According to this new video, 
two Muslim women were prevented from attending a VP Harris event. Here it is. We are choosing who's going in and out of the event. I'm sorry. Why are you choosing us not to go in when we have an invite? Right, you specifically singled us out. <laughs> That's racist. Is it because we have the jobs? I'm happy to talk to so it someone is. else. It is because it is. that's clearly, I, I was afraid of this. That's you singled us out, out of everybody. What? Isn't that against Democrats? Whole singled us campaign? Out. That's very Islamophobic. That's very racist. I'm sorry. Are you? You guys can have. Keep coming through. We have you're an invite. You're part of the LGBT community too, right? And you're still going to kick us out? Come on through. Are you serious? That's crazy. Wow, I, now I really won't vote right. for Biden and Harris. That's crazy. You're going after another group. Can they come in? They were, they were already. Why not? It is, because why isn't it? We have an invitation. No, here, don't come up with excuses because I. You are a black woman and you're coming up with excuses. I'm not coming up as well. I didn't give you an excuse. You just said that we're not being I'm letting you know that you clearly are. I'm letting you know that you've been disinvited from an event. Disinvited to the event. I did not hear a proclamation about a rules violation. I did not hear any type of cause and effect that would get someone booted from an event that they have an invite to in particular. Um, put them up for a mask. I don't know what you all think you're doing. You're definitely not doing Harris, the vice president, any favors. You're not doing Biden any favors. And you're damn sure not doing the community they are supposed to represent any favors. You are harming. I want you to take a moment here and keep this picture up. You are harming the very paradigm that makes us possible. And that's called diversity. Agreement is not required. But we can sit down, we can talk. When we start doing things like this, we become the villain. We lose our moral compass. Whatever gains you think you can get out of doing this, they are not sustainable. They will only be temporary. A video showing two women being blocked from entering a campaign event with Vice President Kamala Harris in Las Vegas on Saturday has now gone viral. The video, which was posted on X Tuesday morning by the account named Nevadans for Palestinian Liberation, a series of posts by the group identified the women in the video as Muslim. And claim they have RSVP'd for the event and had been given wristbands after checking in. An aide with the Biden Harris campaign said the individuals were among a group of people that weren't allowed to attend the event because they had previously disrupted and shut down events with Democratic elected officials. As a policy, the campaign will disinvite individuals known to have disrupted prior events, the aide said in a statement. So, first of all, there are two narratives here. One says, well, they're part of a group that disrupted Democrats before. So that tells me somebody said, oh, those people over there, yeah, those folks over there, bad news, probably a local elected, elected official. And then the statement comes out and says, oh, well, these individuals are known specifically 
these individuals are known to what? Disrupt what? Because you said it was other Democrats, not you. In other words, you filed up here. In a statement posted on X Tuesday evening, Nevada's for Palestinian liberation accused the Biden, the Biden-Harris campaign of turning away the two women who they said did not attend the event together because they were wearing hijabs. Other NPL members that were not wearing hijabs were allowed to enter. Why? <laughs> According to the group, you already saw it because of the actual attire. The release also included a statement allegedly from one of the women in the video, only identified as A. The woman pushed back on the Biden-Harris campaign's claim that she was turned away because she had disrupted events in the past. Quote, I have never disrupted a political event in my life. And any insinuation of me doing so is categorically inaccurate, said she said in a statement. Quote, with what happened, I know I will not be voting for Democrats in this election. And, and you can't really blame the person for having that kind of reaction to being actively discriminated against. And you don't have some kind of response from Harris or, or Biden or maybe the DNC that says, oh my goodness, we messed up, we got it wrong, we'll never do that again. Can we have a conversation? Can, can you come to the White House? None of that. The statement literally sounds like it was written by Donald Trump. Let, let me read the statement again. Um, that these individuals are known to have disrupted prior events, end quote. What does that sound like? Does that sound like progressive politics to you? No, that sounds like a Trump quote as to why they kicked somebody out who's black or brown or Muslim when the LGBTQ community. Um, the Council on American Islamic Relations called on Harris to respond to the video. Quote, the American people deserve to know whether these women were profiled and barred from an event featuring Vice President Harris because they were visibly Muslim. CARE, Government Affairs Director Robert McCall said in a statement Tuesday, quote, we encourage Vice President Harris to take appropriate action to address this apparent incident of profiling. The Nevada State Democratic Party and Clark County Democratic Party Chair Shelby Wilts did not respond to a request for comment Tuesday evening. And likely, uh, the chair will not respond. The chair is part of the company, all right? They're part of the company, the corporation known as the Democratic Party. Uh, they may be responding behind the scenes, that's possible. Um, support among Arab and Muslim Americans shrinking, all right? So let's read it. In Arab American or Muslim American circles, support for Biden's reelection is rapidly crumbling. The Arab American Institute found that only 17% of Arab Americans say they will vote for Biden in 2024, down from 59% who did in 2020. Muslim Americans recently began the hashtag abandon Biden campaign, focusing on the sizable Muslim American communities in swing states such as Michigan, Arizona, and Georgia. And let me tell you why this is problematic overall. Republicans have figured out how to win national and statewide elections without building coalitions. They have figured out how to win elections with racist people, and individuals who are okay with racist people, all right? They figured it out. Democrats, however, Democrats cannot win without building coalitions. They need coalitions in order to win. You keep chipping away at these coalitions. You have an underrepresented youth vote now. You have black voters in Alabama already feeling completely disenfranchised like they did back in the 60s. 
with the democratic process. Now you have Muslim Americans feeling disenfranchised. You, your coalition is shrinking considerably. And it's all coming from you, Biden Harris. It's not coming from Trump. It's like you're handing the damn thing over to him. Mm -hmm. I don't know what you all are thinking. Maybe you're hoping that he's arrested or, or in prison. Um, and this is going to be a, a free for all for you. But you're going to have to do some policy things that actually make sense to the people that got you there in the first place. All right. Francesca, no. thoughts here. Perfectly said. I mean, it is egregious what happened. And the, the funniest part about it is that they just didn't want another viral moment where either Kamala Harris or Joe Biden get interrupted by protesters who want them to stop co-signing genocide in Gaza, right? So they wanted to avoid that moment because they, oh, they didn't want, oh, they didn't want to see the vice president caught off guard in that awkward moment. Oh, what'd they get? They got another even more explosive viral clip of your stooges, this this dude in a like snarky black turtleneck and like glass sunglasses turning you away and also basically admitting that, yeah, it's because you're wearing hijab. Like you've got something 10 times worse than what you would have gotten, which is just people protesting if in fact we're going with their side of the story, which is yes, that these women might have disrupted. But I'm gonna go with what they said, which is what do yeah. you, we weren't gonna disrupt. What are you talking about? They were singled out because they were Muslim. It is ridiculous. Everything they touch is just turns on them. This campaign is so far behind. This campaign is so pathetic. And I agree with you about the coalition building. They are riding, still riding on, I don't know, white suburban and elderly people. Because yeah. they truly are icing everyone out when they don't understand that those folks, young people, people of color, Arab Americans, Muslim Americans in these swing states, those are the reasons that you got put over the edge in 2020. That's right. That is the excitement of the party. They are your door knockers. They are the ones that will sit in a call room and make thousands of calls and get paid nothing but lunch, maybe. Those are the people that make it tangible to everybody else. You don't have a charismatic candidate at the top of the ticket, but you did have some people willing to be charismatic for you if you did the right thing with the policy. And let me say this to every Democratic leader who's part of this process now. You all are running away from yourself. These individuals who have legitimate complaints, including myself, we provide a mirror for you, a mirror, not to chastise you, but to correct your posture. Because believe it or not, we want our policies to win. Damn the personality. We want our policies to win. And if we keep getting caught up in these insane, self-induced moments where the Republican Party isn't even involved in this. You all did this to yourself. It's harming the people who need the policies that make sense. All right, we'll see about the VP response. There's a teen who's been charged with manslaughter because during an arrest, the uh, officer had a heart attack. Now, this is a tragic story, but there are some nuances here that must be addressed and highlighted. Here's a video. Stop. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. Why, when I was driving around, yeah, yeah, oh, stop, stop. Eating, eating. Okay, but why did you get up and walk away? Huh? When you saw me, you yeah. got up and walked away. Why? Yeah. Why? 
Right, you meet me out here, you, you go for you drink and I'm sorry, I'm speaking, I'm speaking. Okay, do you have any weapons on you? Huh? Do you have any weapons on you? No. Well, you know what that is. Turn around, let me look. No. Turn around. No. Turn around. But, no. Don't walk no, away from me. No, no, sorry, sorry. Don't pull away from me. I'm checking you for what? Get your hands away from your... No, no, Stop. no, no. Stop. No, no. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh. Stop. Come here. No, no, I'm sorry. Stop. I'm sorry. Turn around. Turn around. Get off the ground. 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 Get off the Lay down. It's hard to watch. Put up the picture full mass. I will explain the rest. This happened in Florida. The young Mendez, the teenager you saw, was charged because St. John's County Sergeant Michael Kunovich died from a heart attack following the encounter. With the teen. This happened May 2023. The young Mendez is also charged with resisting an officer with violence, another felony. The then 18 year old was speaking to his mother on the phone as he walked past a motel when the sergeant approached him saying, You look suspicious. Body camera footage shows Mendez slowly walking along on the sidewalk when the sergeant orders him to stop and starts interrogating him. Mendez did not respond to the officer in English, but in another language, which his attorney, Philip Arroyo, confirmed is mom. It's an indigenous language reportedly spoken in the teen's community in his home country, per ABC News. In the video, the young Mendez explains in halting English that he was eating and informs the officer that he's staying at the motel. The teen tells the officer that he doesn't speak English as he requests identification to ask if he has any weapons. So the sergeant um, suffered a fatal heart attack. Uh, this was after the struggle, eight minutes after the struggle. The medical examiner concluded that emotional stress from the incident could have played a role. Um, First Coast News reported police claim that Mendez held a pocket knife, but the weapon was not found until he was restrained, according to the report. Mendez's team explained that the knife was used for cutting melons at work, and it wasn't used on the officer, nor was he trying to use it on the officer. Um, And we didn't see any indication that while he's saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, that he was somehow trying to stab um, the officer. And the officer does not have any reported stab wounds, according to the coroner. Uh, earlier this week, on the 29th of January, Assistant Public Defender Rosemary Peoples filed a motion listing reasons uh, Mendez is not culpable for uh, the death of the sergeant. And the charge should be dropped. Sergeant Konovich's death by natural causes heart attack after an arrest. 
was not reasonably foreseeable consequence of any action taken by Mr. Mendez. Therefore, the manslaughter charge against him must be dismissed due to a lack of legal causation, people reportedly wrote in the motion. And I want to explain that just for a moment. Anytime you engage in action where you don't want the conclusion that you got, but the conclusion that you got was foreseeable. For example, if you drink and drive, if you drink and drive, and you run over someone or get into an accident and you kill a person, you can't be charged with a crime, even though you did not intend to. The fact that you know that drinking and then operating a 2,000 pound machine could potentially cause death or harm to somebody else, that is enough. It's called foreseeable, all right? Um, an arrest, and there's some level of struggle without active offensive combat, there is no reasonable expectation. That you would believe a person would actually die because of that. Um, completely unreasonable to believe, uh, to believe that. And the death was not ruled a homicide, which simply means, according to the report, a human being did not cause this death. You may have had some contributing factors, but a human being is not the end all as to why this person died. So it's not even considered a homicide in that sense. Let's put it up full mass. Um, if you would like to help this family, hundreds of thousands of people have called for the release of this young man. I'm calling for the release as well. As of Wednesday, more than half a million people have signed change.org. There's a petition supporting him, all right? You can sign it as well, and I encourage you to do so. Sheriff Robert Hardwick said the sergeant did everything by the book. Um, okay, I'm that, I don't agree with that, but the man's dead. Uh, so. The kid who's arrested for it should not be arrested for it because there was absolutely no manslaughter. There was no intent. There was no murder. It was an unfortunate situation all the way around, regardless of your defense of the sergeant. Okay, Francesca, thoughts here? Just a million different facets to this. Of course, they find some crime to pin this poor kid on the phone with his mom, some crime to pin on, pin on him. And guess what? Oh, It's the crime of... The dude who attacked you having a heart attack because his weak ass police heart couldn't take the kinds of brutality that he enacts on random people. Like, okay, now it's our fault. This is just, this is the most blame the victim ass stuff we have seen. And it, time and again, the cops want you to think they're tough and they're strong and they're badass. And then we see what happens in Uvalde. And then we see what happens here. And then we see the fact that no, they shoot first, they ask questions later, they don't know how to use what. The strongest weapon they have, which is just speaking to somebody, just a yep. little bit of empathy, just a little de-escalation maybe. This is wild. I I hope we get this teen out. I hope we get the charges dropped. Um, but also a little bit of a hand of God situation in this uh, moment as honestly, I'm not shedding a single tear for this guy having a heart attack. Yeah, I mean- it's a it's a it's a natural death, right? I mean, he had a heart attack. Okay, um, hell of a thing they put this kid in jail for manslaughter against a cop. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. All right, welcome back. A lot of show left. Uh, let me read some comments. I got just. A few that I can read. Next T reporter. If they were going to be disruptive, let them be disruptive. This this looks, this just looks really, really bad with the campaign right now, which is already underwater. There you go. 
there you go. Um, and agnostic sister disinvited. What is this, third grade? Uh, it really <laughs> seemed insane, didn't it? Are they like, we have an invite? Oh, well, you're disinvited now. <clears throat> wow. All right. Damn, I did not see this twist coming. I mean, damn, damn, damn. The social media model who killed her boyfriend, blamed it on self-defense, new evidence comes out, takes a long time. They finally do arrest her for the murder. The parents are now arrested. Put them up for a mask. This is a hell of a story. <laughs> Courtney Clinney's parents tampered with evidence, grabbed the victim's laptop, according to the allegation. Deborah Lynn Clinney and Kim Dwayne, the parents of Courtney Clinney, who's accused of murdering her boyfriend with a knife, they have been arrested in Austin, Texas on out of state felony warrants for computer crimes. They are currently being detained in the Travis County Jail. Courtney Clinney, 28, also known online as Courtney Taylor, stands accused of murder in the second degree over the stabbing death of her boyfriend, Christian Toby Opsumseli, 27 years of age at the time, a cryptocurrency trader with whom she lived with. This was in Miami, all right? So Clinney maintains she stabbed her boyfriend in self-defense. Her friends actually contacted law enforcement and said, nope, that doesn't sound right. Eventually, they did actually investigate and found out uh, forensically it did not sound right either and arrested her based on the forensic evidence of the killing. She is also being charged with um, over the computer related allegations. So I'm going to get into it. The three members of the family now stand accused of one count each of unauthorized access or excessive access to a computer. The charges relate to a laptop that belonged to the boyfriend, the Warren alleged. Uh, Clinty allegedly helped her parents access the computer with the aid of her attorneys by way of a group chat in which the elder Clinty's and four attorneys participated. Um, you see them there, um, waiting to see what happens to the attorneys here. Uh, it sounds like conspiracy. All right, there's more. Uh, so Kim Clinty is 60 years of age, is accused of taking the crypto trader's computer from the murder scene after it was missed by investigators. Now, I want you, I, I want to remind you how ridiculous the investigation was. They never investigated her truly. For the murder, she said, "Oh, it was violent. Um, it was self-defense." They're like, "All right, cool. We're just gonna act like we investigated the scene." So literally, they left the evidence. That evidence was taken by the parents. The parents are now charged um, before accessing it with passwords supplied by his daughter. Um, the father, the father handed it to a defense lawyers after finding nothing but crypto exchange. TMZ reported, but was arrested along with his wife for evidence tampering. Um, Wow. Okay, now I, I just put up the mug shot again. Okay. You all raised a habitual line crosser because you all are habitual line crossers. It never, it never crossed your mind to say, wait a minute, this is actually evidence and we need to turn it over 
to the authorities. But instead, you engage in this insanity. Um, there may be some more to this story. Francesca, thought so far. Yeah, like this story has always been so creepy and awful to me. And because she's like, a white model influencer, you know, who has gotten away with a whole lot clearly and murder. Um, you know, there's there's just a lot of Karenicity throughout this whole yeah. whole thing. And like her parents tampering with evidence is just another piece of that if your child is accused of murder, you really cannot touch anything. You cannot help them. You cannot do any like you can help them get a lawyer, but you right. need to listen to exactly what that lawyer tells you to do or not do. Um, but look. I, I'm a mom now and I'm like, I would like to assume that I would do anything for my daughter except, you know, aid and abet a murder. So uh, if there's a crime, maybe just uh, figure out whether this implicates you when you're like accessing her computer. It doesn't matter if it just had like cryptocurrency trades on there. If he was a cryptocurrency trader, that could have something to do with it. You know, like we still don't know all of the details of why she did what she did. You know the money that was involved, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's just yeah. is wild to me, and I really hope that I really hope she face like they all face real time for this. Um, and somehow in like ten years, she's not back on OnlyFans. Uh, there you go, exactly. Actor Orlando Brown, who has been spiraling um, for a few years. Uh, this happened. Oh, Orlando! Demon! Orlando, relax! You demon! You demon! Orlando, relax! Child molester, Richard Ramirez! What is he talking about? This is Richard Ramirez, ladies and gentlemen, and they allow him to work here. It's very interesting. But I'm here for the process. Bitch, you ain't gonna have no job, Satan. Shout out to you. Now, let's put this picture up full mass. I want to say this. I've watched interviews that he's done. I've heard some of his more, um, let's say, sensational experiences. Um, he has been harmed by people, in my opinion. He has been used by people, in my opinion. And while his methodology of getting his pain outside of his body so that we can see it and hear it, while it may seem extreme and fragmented, it doesn't mean that there's no cause and effect. It doesn't mean that he doesn't know what he's talking about um, on some level, given his experiences, okay? So TMZ obtained a different video of Orlando Brown inside of the LA restaurant Tao before he was kicked out following his dramatic outburst the other night. Now, according to, to TMZ, the 36-year-old, a former Disney Channel star, was allegedly acting up at his table and shouting at other patrons. Witnesses state Brown lost his cool when staff asked him to calm down. In the TMZ footage, Brown is seen holding up his cell phone, recording the staff while shouting obscenities such as F and Demon, et cetera. He also suggested an employee um, looked like um, a serial killer, all right, uh, Richard Ramirez. At the end of the clip, the actor is escorted off the premises by security as he shouts everybody 
Enjoy your night. I'm sorry for effing up y'all's ish. My name is Orlando Brown. I am Satan and Lucifer's son. Effing everybody. F everybody. It's not clear what specifically upset Brown, nor who his insults were aimed at. Uh, Brown was well known as the character Eddie in the Disney Channel hit show, That's So Raven, alongside Raven Simone. Uh, the teen sitcom ran for four seasons, 2003, 2007, very popular. Um, since the end of the show, Brown's challenges with mental health and legal issues have played out in the headlines. Last year, he underwent a psychiatric evaluation following the domestic violence arrest. The actor has previously made some sexually charged claims about other famous individuals, including uh, Bow Wow, Nick Cannon, and most infamously, um, Sean Diddy Combs. Um, and I saw that interview. It was, you know, it was a very sad interview. Uh, so the Proud family alum has been in a, um, you would call it a spiral uh, with mental health issues and, and substance abuse coupled with it. In June 2018, he was arrested in Las Vegas for felony drug possession. His mugshot at the time of the arrest revealed he had been inked with the tattoo of his former co star. Raven Simone. Uh, months later, Brown was arrested again in Sin City for burglary after he was caught on tape attempting to change the locks inside now former restaurant legends restaurant and venue, which belonged to his longtime friend Danny Boy. After spending a few weeks behind bars, the child star appeared to turn over a new leaf. Quote, my name is Orlando Brown from that's so Raven fame he shared in 2020. I had some struggles in the past involving substances like crystal meth and marijuana, not to mention an unhealthy attachment to the internet. He entered a free residential center in Texas for six months that was designed to help men battle addiction, homelessness, and other life impacting issues. Unfortunately, Brown went on to get arrested again in December 2022 for domestic violence. Brown pleaded not guilty while being placed under house arrest, but his attorney requested that he undergo a mental evaluation. You know, in moments like this, you don't laugh, you learn. You cannot effectively assist someone who's obviously in a lot of pain if you judge them before they get to you. Just because he happens to be a former child actor and his, his frailties are apparent and before us, it doesn't take away from the fact he's a human being. Um, for those who are around um, this young man, you got to get him back. He's not himself. I believe he's actually a decent person. I think, as I said, I think he's been harmed. I think he's been hurt by a lot of people. And every interview I see is as if they are happy to exploit him. He doesn't seem all the way there. It's all over the place. He's saying things in ways that would suggest either he's in a mental crisis or on a substance. And the interviewer seems not to care because this interview is going to go viral and they're going to make money. Um, for those who have struggled with addiction, I am a recovering alcoholic. I have many years now clean and sober. It is not a weakness. It is simply a reality that some of us face. The reality of being sober 
is eliminating some of the pain that took place that we thought we dealt with. And all we did was put it in the subconscious of our mind. And then we engage in self-medication, which leads to self-destruction. Somebody get this brother some help. All right, Ben, thoughts? Yeah, this is a tough story. You know, I didn't know all that history of his mental health struggles. And so on the surface, you see somebody acting how you should not and cannot act in a public place. You know, I frequent that restaurant and that would be really, uh, it's just, you know, it comes off very selfish and, and rude to sit there and, and, you know, ruin everyone's night and accuse a server of being a serial killer who died, you know, 11 years ago because he looks like him. Um, but yeah, the mental health struggle is real and it does, it, it is very unfortunate that our celebrity driven and fame driven and click driven society exploits these people and almost wants to keep them as tabloid father fodder rather than yep. getting them the help that they need. That is, it's, it's unfortunate, um, you know, that th- these things get fed in that way and perpetuated. Um, but also, you know, there needs to be some public responsibility. These people that are going through a crisis should not be given a platform to do it publicly and to take down others' reputations with them as well. Yeah. It's just the, the whole thing is a lose-lose situation. Yeah, it's a bad combination. I agree. All right, I got a question for everybody. What in the red state hell? You can take a gun, shoot somebody in the face. It's not hard. Sometimes it might even be fun if they're a godless commie. Now what they're trying to do is sneak the COVID vaccine in your salads. I never had, I hate math. Somebody say amen. Of what nation are you a citizen? Singapore. Are you a citizen of any other nation? No, Senator. Have you ever applied for Chinese citizenship? Senator, I served my nation in Singapore. No, I did not. Do you have a Singaporean passport? Yes, and I served my military for two, two and a half ha- years in Singapore. Do you, have any other, do you have any other passports from any other nations? No, Senator. Your wife is an American citizen. Your children are American citizens. That's have correct. You, have you ever applied for American citizenship? Not, no, not yet. Okay. Have you ever been a member of the Chinese Communist Party? Senator, I'm Singaporean. No. Have you ever been associated or affiliated with the Chinese Communist Party? No, Senator. Again, okay. I'm Singaporean. Let- The good senator doesn't understand, it does not compute. Okay, you look Chinese to him. Um, wow, put it up full mass. He was being so polite, trying to help the senator understand some culture. Senator, you have a whole damn staff. No one informed you of the distinction. Senator Tom Cotton, Republican Arkansas defending. So he defended pressing TikTok CEO, Xiao Zichu, about potential ties to the Chinese Communist Party. At the Senate hearing Wednesday, quote, Singapore, unfortunately, is one of the places in the world that has the highest degree of infiltration and influence by the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, Cotton said on Fox News Wednesday. So Mr. Chu has a lot to answer for. 
for what his app is doing in America and why it's doing it. You know, they're, they're taking the same, the same blueprint that they used in the 60s. Anyone who was antithetical to government, what did they say about Dr. King? Communist, communist sympathizer, right? Leftist, liberal, right? They say these things. Yep. And these, these are the permeations of that same old guard in just a new era. Literally, somebody pointed out this actually, this took place before. What did it take place? Here. Yeah. <laughs> Uh. One Twitter user pointed out this scene is actually straight out of King of the Hill. And it is. They were talking about I'm Laotian and, you know, anyway, Boomer couldn't understand it. Neither could the other guy. All right. <laughs> uh, th- this is like, come on, Senator. Senator, just be like, all right, we made a mistake here. We thought there was some there, there, there's nothing here. We apologize. We didn't understand the difference. What say you? I mean, first of all, I'm like every time I see Mr. Chu on the sand, I'm like, wow, he's great. Like I kind of like him more and more. And I'm like, I should use TikTok more. So he's kind of like doing his company an incredible favor because he looks like absolutely not just like stalwart, but also put together and kind and like just just he doesn't ever get mad or combative, even yeah. though he absolutely has a right to be. And Tom Cotton is one of the dumbest people in this country. Yes, I said it. And he knows exactly what he's doing, I think, which is he just wants that line, like you said, from the 60s, where he can have his moment in 2024. Are you now or have you ever been part of the Chinese Communist Party? See what I did? I added Chinese right. there. Right, right, exactly. Can I get on Fox yet? Like he is. <laughs> They're so ineffective, they don't care. And the real thing is, if you want to protect our data, that's a good thing, but but do it evenly. Don't make it a xenophobic witch hunt against TikTok. We should all have our data protected from all governments and corporate access. That's the part, and that's the part. They want to make a cultural or racial argument when the argument is about the effect on people and data. But they don't want that argument. Because they can't win with that argument with Trump supporters. Okay, Francesca, always good to have you on the show. Tell people they can follow you, check out your great work. Yes, follow me at Franny Fio on all the things, listen to the Bituation Pod. And if you're in Sacramento, California, Sunday, March 17th, I'm gonna be there doing stand up with my husband, Matt Lieb, who's also a comic. It's St. Patty's Day, but like come out and celebrate St. Patty's Day at a comedy club as a San Fran, sorry, Sacramento Punchline, March 17th. Awesome, beautiful stuff. So proud of you. Thank you for all you do. Thank you. All right. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable.